With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, had a great previous uh, hour in case you missed it with Dr. Rima Libo. She was, uh, you know, she got famous in that clip with uh, she was in, in that uh, episode with Jesse Ventura and Alex Jones in 2009, where she predicted everything that's happened with the pandemic and vaccines. And uh, that's in the archive. And uh, of course, go to preventgenocide2030.org. I forgot to show this. You know, this is uh, I don't think I've shown it uh, on screen now. This was from 2009. Uh, this was actually my ID for the World Health Assembly, uh, the 62nd World Health Assembly. Uh, and so I was there during the fake swine flu pandemic, uh, part of the Czech Republic's uh, the mission to the UN. Uh, walking right by Margaret Chan, uh, the, the, the sec gen at the time. And so I was in the belly of the beast. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, anyways, what, what, what do we got going on? Jose Nino will be joining us. There was a crazy uh, video produced by Robbie Starbuck. I think he ran for office um, at one point. He's got a, a huge following and does good work. And so he tested out Google's AI Bard. And he said, Google's AI Bard was asked about me in a series of questions and the results are insane. Bard didn't just lie about me and invented fake articles, videos and quotes to paint me as a racist KKK supporting danger to America. Then it admitted it lied. A list of Bard's self-admittedly harmful lies about me with time codes you can jump to can be found below. It's, this is in Robbie Starbucks's uh, Twitter. Um, and it basically sounds like the beast system where they're creating this AI system, which is going to become the arbiter of truth. So whenever anyone wants to find information about you, about anyone, it'll be through these controlled um, information spaces and it'll spit out you know, th this view of you and that's that. There'll be no uh, alternatives. And so uh, it's going to basically be deeming all of us as extremists, terrorists of this or that flavor. Uh, and it's kind of scary. It's like there's going to be no alternative information. Whatever the Google Bard says, that's that. It says you're an extremist. Sorry, there's no other information to, co to counteract that. You're a terrorist. That's what the system says. And it's, it, it's, it's, uh, that is scary. Uh, what else we got? going on uh of course you know going along those lines u.s terror watch list has doubled in size in the last six years i'm betting that 99 percent of those people on the u.s terror watch list are innocent uh, uh americans probably you know of the conservative kind or if they're on the left uh people who are anti-war uh anti-surveillance and uh, anti-deep state and that sort of thing no surprise there. Rudy Giuliani ordered to pay $148 million to defame the election workers. That sounds pretty insane. Um, I doubt he, he's even got that much money, but it's it's part of this trend now. We don't like you. You know, Alex Jones, you got to pay a trillion dollars. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, you got to pay $150 million. Uh, so that is crazy. That's going on. Uh, Wired published a crazy story on... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg building a sprawling hundred million dollar compound in Hawaii. Uh, basically, you know, and it's got 
there are plans that were leaked discussing a huge underground bunker. You know, what, what's he preparing uh, for? That's, you know, people can go check that out on Wired. That's that's crazy. And also, it's also sad to, to read in that report how he's just taking the place over, screwing his neighbors, putting up walls. They can't see the sea anymore, buying up um, insane amounts of property and, you know, treating the people that live there like, uh, you know, like it's, 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 it's not cool. That's definitely not cool. There was a crazy video, uh, that just came out this morning. Um, people can view, find it online, a, a Ukrainian legislator. There was a small room with, I guess it was a council meeting and this, um, in, in, in the Western Zakar, Zakarpatia and this local legislator brings in three grenades, a couple of grenades. And just drops them in the middle of the meeting and they blow up um and, and injures I don't, I don't know how many people were killed uh and injured it said at the time 26 individuals injured six in serious condition absolutely insane insane but that's the kind of type of thing you know myself being a slav that's the kind of thing that slavs do we're, we're a little we're a little crazy uh like that kremlin shrugs after putin critic Navalny disappeared in prison system. So reportedly he's disappeared within Russia's prison system. Again, not a surprise uh, for what happens in uh, Russia. Uh, and I thought I'd share this quote from Dr. Joseph Sansone, who I've had on the program that he's doing a lot of good work. He's trying to ban the jab out there in Florida. Uh, he says that uh, basically, the U.S. can't remain a superpower. There must be a multipolar world in order to submerge the U.S. into this new world order. While the warfare and welfare state have bankrupted the U.S. economically, the massive migration into the U.S. is designed to splinter the U.S. culturally and ethically. Of course, he's not advocating that. He's saying that's what they are uh, doing. So all this legal and Ill illegal uh, immigration have created havoc. And that's all about just breaking down the united uh states and uh you know there was a crazy article on world government that i came across uh, as well earlier today um but it basically says that we need to uh take the us and european model and extend it to the rest of the world where the uh, you know to create a parliamentary assembly for the un uh and uh Again, that, that's very interesting. That's what they're trying to do. They're talking about following the federal model uh, for the United Nations. So have at the UN what we have at the, in the US and or uh, EU, uh, like a parliament. So, and I've been saying for a while, um, a lot of people don't wanna hear this, but I think the US, you know, you, 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 you read the Freemasons. They say that America had this great destiny, the Freemasons. And George Washington said 200 years ago, someday following the example of the United States of America, there will be a United States of Europe. So I'm wondering if, you know, from all this time, America was actually the template for the occult world government that is uh, coming about. Uh, all right, a quick reminder that uh, there are many ways you can listen to, to us here at TNT. You can stream direct from the website, TNT Radio live with any device. You can go to tntradio.live on your desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone and listen and watch live or you can get the smartphone uh, app in the apple app store so you can listen live through the app we're also on youtube 
Rumble and Odyssey streaming live from their NX. So we've got you covered on TNT Radio. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Next week, the newest member of the North Atlantic terrorist organization, NATO, uh, Finland, which shares a border with Russia, will sign a bilateral defense cooperation agreement with the United States in a deal that allows Washington to send troops into the Nordic country to bolster its defense and store weapons and military equipment there, among other things. Understandably, Mother Russia considers such a move to be a threatening one. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer, Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Amori. I wish I could cross my eyes or something, maybe blindfold myself and say, I see no problem here. I'm sure this is fine, right? Um, the pact, which will grant the U.S. military broad access to Finnish territory, is expected to be signed in Washington on Monday, December 18th. That's right around the corner. Asked by reporters about the impending move, Kremlin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, said the agreement would, quote-unquote, undoubtedly lead to increased tensions between Russia and Finland. Yay! According to Finnish officials, the agreement will grant the U.S. military speedy access to the Scandinavian country in the event of a conflict. I'm surprised they didn't say it was a safe and effective one. Uh, it will also allow the U.S. military to conduct exercises on Finnish territory, they said. Um, Finland's foreign minister, Alina Valtonen, told reporters just yesterday, December 14th, quote, the fact that there will be no need to agree on everything separately under the agreement makes organizing peacetime operations easier. Uh, she added, quote, above all, it can be vital in a crisis, end quote. Ah. Under the agreement's terms, the U.S. military will reportedly have unhindered access to 15 facilities and areas in Finland where it can store arms and equipment. These reportedly include four air bases, a military port, a railway access to northern Finland where the military – oh, sorry, and a railway access to northern Finland where the U.S. military will maintain a storage area and a railway leading – right up to the Russian border. The United States has signed similar defense pacts with several other NATO members, including Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Norway, Poland, Slovakia, and the three Baltic states. Last week, Sweden, which is also in line to join the Western Alliance, signed a similar agreement with the U.S. Once it is ratified, the pact will will reportedly allow the United States military to access 17 areas inside Sweden, inside air bases, a seaport, and other military facilities. Finland officially joined NATO in April, becoming the Western Alliance's 31st member, entering those esoteric numbers. Uh, the move which ended Helsinki's decades-long policy of neutrality appears to have caused some consternation in Moscow. According to Mr. Peskov, the potential entry of NATO, quote-unquote, military infrastructure into neighboring Finland will, quote, definitely pose a threat, end quote, to Russia. He said, quote, we can only regret the move. We have used, we used to have excellent relations with Finland. Uh, he added, quote, neither of us threatened the other. We didn't infringe on each other's interests, but rather demonstrated mutual respect, end quote. Well, 
you know, this isn't going to help in that regard now, is it, Harori? What do you think about this next move to try their hardest to get the party kicked off? Yeah, it's not looking good. You know, I'm, you know, under my understanding of the NATO arrangement, I think theoretically the U.S. could, you know, station station nukes in Finland or, you know, one of the arguments was that they would station was it like missile defense as they call it but it's 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 both offensive and defensive and those types of systems create what's called like a first strike policy which Russia has openly discussed Putin has discussed this that was one of the reasons for the problems with Ukraine because the U.S is like oh no no we're, we're just installing this missile you know the defense systems well they're dual use they could be used to launch um nukes in such close proximity proximity you know to moscow and russia's military bases throughout russia and so that could be a basically it's a de facto first strike uh situation where russia wouldn't be able to defend themselves from it you know if there was a nuclear war and this goes back to my discussion i think yesterday or the day before with richard c cook who worked in the nasa and um other um agencies within uh the u.s government and and he talks about the the Europe and the U.S. have got their backs against the wall now. They've lost in Ukraine. There's all this debt, uh, the, 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 and they might start a, you know, a wider war. And it's just, it's absolutely insane. And you see, you know, you just see on all sides them, the, the West, the East, everyone shoring up defenses, advancing wherever they can. It's like a real world um, risk. Uh, simulation of the board game Risk. Um, the West is collecting vassals wherever they can, South Korea, Philippines, uh, installing missile defense, trying to get nukes uh, in those countries, bases, troops, and it's like they're uh, are preparing. And I did see an interesting article from Farid Zakaria in Foreign Affairs called The, the Self-Doubting Superpower. And I think there's some truth to this. He says scholars are debating whether the world is currently unipolar, bipolar, or multipolar, and there are metrics one can use to make each case. The U.S. remains the single strongest country when adding up all hard power metrics. So I think he's got a point there. But yeah, this just doesn't look good, does it, Ruckus? No, but in this context, I would probably agree that the world is certainly bipolar, but of the mental sort, right? Um, this is so, yeah, we're, we're entering mental disease uh, terminology now to explain the world's situation. But I know what you meant, the pol you know, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, this is this one in particular is kind of troubling um, because how close Finland is to Russia. I mean, seriously, if I was Russia, I would be like, wow, yo bro not cool you know what i mean this is this is not a good one um finland has a population of about 5.6 million but here's the key part where they share an a border with russia 830 miles long and it makes up a significant part of nato's northeastern flank and it acts as the european union's external border in the north so this is a key location um heightened military activity in a place like this probably is a signal i mean if i was russia i'd be like hold on a second, is the United States getting ready to attack us? What's going on here? So I think they're right to be concerned. And I think the whole world is just like moved up to that next phase of holding their breath, waiting for the doomsday clock to uh, ring that final hour, my friend. Yeah, you know, I and I, I, I really enjoyed my chat with Richard C. Cook, C. Cook the other day. By the way, the video is available so people can watch the archived um, interviews in video now over at the TNT Radio 
Podbean. And he espoused my view. I, I've held this view that we've got crazies. There are people in Washington, Brussels, and London that are willing, that they want to go to nuclear war. They got their bunkers. They don't care. They're ready um, and, you know, willing and able to do this. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, it was only a few months ago that I think it was a um, nuclear capable strategic, uh, I think it was a B-52 bomber. And you, you could have seen its flight pattern. It was going basically right at St. Petersburg. Uh, and then went right, you know, when it got near St. Petersburg, went down through the Baltics. And some analysts said it was almost as if they were practicing um, a mission of, of nuking uh, Leningrad, as it was called, uh, I think, St. Petersburg. So it's uh, we're getting closer and closer to the to the uh, crossing well we're, we're way beyond one rubicon uh, i think we're gonna <laughs> go beyond the second uh rubicon all right have a wonderful weekend uh Arrakis. we've got jose nino joining us phone lines are open if anyone wants to chat uh, this friday evening we'll be right back TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. It sounds pretty good. It's it like, sounds real, it's dude. Not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Closing out my week, as usual, is Jose Nino, Venezuelan-American based in Texas. Uh, check out his Jose Nino unfiltered Substack, uh, and he's on X at Jose A.L. Nino, and he just dropped a couple of fantastic uh, podcast interviews, which I will be listening to over this weekend with uh, Jeff Dast uh, and uh, Daniel McAdams of the Ron Paul Institute. How's it going, Jose? Oh, it's going well. I was um, I'm in Phoenix right now. I'm um, going to be attending Turning Point USA's um, America um, America Fest conference, which is going to go from tomorrow up, up until Tuesday. And yeah, I was a that's why I was a bit delayed. Um, combination of like the time zone shift and spotty internet, but I'm still here. Well, give us a boots on the ground report about this event. Uh, you know who's speaking, what you what you're learning, and, and and so forth. Oh, the event hasn't started yet. It starts tomorrow. Today was just like the pre-registration, the early bird registration. But I know from the speaker agenda, you're gonna have people like Charlie Kirk, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Matt Gates. I think Tucker should be speaking there as well. Patrick Bet David is going to be speaking too. It's a pretty stacked lineup. Do you think you'll be able to get close to any of those people, or is there like at those events they're kind of like walled off? Um, I actually think that there is maybe a pos a chance to get close to them, but I have to see. Um, because I've noticed that those uh, events that the speakers there tend to be quite accessible. And and also from my experience over that this past year, because I've attended half dozen conferences as, as far as I can recall this year, which were very fruitful. Um, the networking you get to meet a lot of people that you probably already know. Uh, some who are podcasters, uh, other authors, and stuff. And then you you meet new folks. Um, uh, you you know how, what's your experience with that? Oh, yes. The attendees at conferences are oftentimes like very high value people. They may not be like public figures, but they're very interesting people that could actually be like lifelong friends or even like business partners, too. I actually think that the conferences, um, the best parts of the conferences are meeting other attendees in addition to like the obvious like speakers that put out great speeches and overall content. But I think the the participants are an another reason why people should participate in more conferences. All right. And this is Turning Point Action uh, or what's Turning the, Point USA? Turning Point uh, USA. I'm going to try to find the website. All right. We're in. in the yeah. Meeting. Turning Point to Action is the uh -huh. political action conference, of, uh, the, the political action committee, I would say. All right. We're going to go to our headlines. We'll be right back. We have, we have some wonderful news for you. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Hunter Biden has reportedly expressed concerns about possibly having to leave the United States if former President Donald Trump is re-elected. The Kremlin has expressed concerns that the upcoming defense agreement between the United States and Finland, a recent NATO member, will escalate tensions between Russia and Finland. A House of Commons committee report in Canada highlighted the absence of regulations preventing public pension funds from investing in companies in the People's Republic of China that are allegedly involved in human rights abuses. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're talking to Jose Nino, Jose Nino unfiltered uh, over at Substack, and he's uh, out there in Phoenix right now, Arizona, uh, attending the uh, America Fest, Turning Point USA America Fest. I found the website. It's still not too late to go if you're in the vicinity. Uh, it starts tomorrow, December 16 to 19. There's a huge list of speakers, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson is there, Candace Owens, Patrick McDavid, Glenn Beck, Rob Schneider, Roseanne Barr. Tulsi Gabbard, Ted Cruz, um, it just goes on and on. Tim Poole, James O'Keefe, God, God Saad, uh, Jack Posibic, um, Seth Dillon of Babylon B, James Lindsay, who I'm a fan of, um, Vivek, Donald Trump Jr., Senator Josh Hawley, who I'm a fan of, as you said, Gates, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTJ, G, uh, Alina Haba, which I think is Trump's lawyer, Mike Lindell, uh, and more. I read Victor Marks, the Christian... Um, uh, speaker, I've got his book behind me. A huge fan of his. He's going to be there as well. So you're going to have a lot of fun these three days. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, you know, maybe um, next week. Yeah, we'll be we'll be here next week. Uh, you can give us uh, sort of uh, uh, your 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 notes on what went on. I, and I did want to ask you. You recently had on. I haven't had time to listen to Jeff Deist uh, and your interview with Daniel McAdams. I've gotten to know him pretty well uh over the la- the two ron paul institute conferences i attended i was at daniel's home earlier this year which was very cool um and, and jeff Diaz, my only interaction with him was at one of the events he spoke at the last ron paul conference in washington we both went to the restroom <laughs> at the same time uh, kind of an awkward moment to begin a conversation huh. so i didn't i didn't start up a conversation there but yeah. what, what sort of your takeaway with with your recent discussions with uh jeff and daniel yeah, Daniel continues to be one of like the best foreign policy advocates in the overall dissident space. He's willing to buck a lot of conventional wisdom. And even I think among anti-war people and whatnot, he he is like one of the most articulate and like knowledgeable. He has tons of experience living in like former Soviet bloc states, and he's a wealth of knowledge. And he's passionate about what he does, too. He's not like a think tank robot. He There's like emotion behind it. Jeff Deist is um, one of my favorite libertarian figures of like the last few decades. His time during the Mises uh, as Mises president was fantastic. Like he really helped make Mises look like an even more serious institution. But now he's... um. He's like the he he's like legal counsel for a gold um uh, precious metals company, but he remains very sober and politically incorrect when it comes to issues of our times. And if you're wanting to know about like what the future holds for the U.S. and what type of economic developments will take place in the precious metals market, uh, my interview with Jeff will put you on game when it comes to that because he. he He's a meticulous student of, of all forms of trends from cultural to political. 
So Jeff knows what he's talking about, and he's generally ahead of the curve when it comes to most pundits on these issues. Yeah, if I recall his speech a couple months back out in Washington, uh, he was talking about de-dollarization, that it is going on, but I think at a much slower pace than a lot of the multipolaristas, as I call them, yeah. would like to hope. Uh, and so it's 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 good that he's got a more sober take. And, you know, what what's going on in the world, uh, Jose, from your vantage point, uh, whether domestically or when it comes to foreign policy, just seems like Ukraine, things aren't looking good. I read some reports. I'm not sure if this is true, that Zelensky is looking to expatriate to Florida. Uh, I saw Laura Loomer talking about that today. I saw that yesterday people talking about this as well, that he's looking to abscond <laughs> Zelensky, which is not a good sign. Uh, we had a clip today of a Ukrainian legislator walking into a council meeting, dropping grenades, uh, blowing everyone up. I don't know if you caught that. I mean, th those are just not not good. Oh, I did not. Signs. Wow. But, uh, you know, and, and any thoughts on, on uh, the state of our foreign policy? Yeah, the Zelensky um, expatriating to Miami thing, that's something that I remember like Alex Christoforo of Duran would joke about like months ago and stuff. But I really do think that all jokes aside, that's probably going to be one of his exit plans if he's able to make it out alive of this whole crisis. Um, yeah, the Ukraine thing just looks worse every day. Um, from the media's coverage of it, like now it's becoming clear that um the media is is slowly coming to grips with the reality that um there's no way ukraine can win in this conflict and now it's just a matter of of what like dc is going to do which i'm actually less pessimistic i think that um they may send like a final aid bill to ukraine but um because of the fact that the uni the pro-war uni party still dominates but I think that the, there's going to be less enthusiasm for that as time goes on. And it's just like the U.S. is so broke, too. And um, it's got other issues to deal with, both domestically and abroad, that Ukraine will eventually fall by the wayside. But that doesn't mean that, like, BC's pro-war fetish um, it will be will evaporate. If anything, they're just going to shift their attention elsewhere. Yeah, that's for sure that they'll shift tension uh, elsewhere. And, uh, you know, as also, as you mentioned, if Zelensky can escape U.S. assassination, you know, if they really decide they're done with Ukraine and they're going to move on, you know, the U.S. has a track record of assassinating their um, puppets. Uh, and, you know, what else was interesting? Putin has been giving a number of interesting talks. I think he gave his annual like three or four hour uh, end of the year uh, Q&A, uh, and, and uh, I, I rarely have time to watch the whole thing, uh, which I do on double speed whenever I can. Uh, yeah, four hours, this, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there were some funny moments where Peskov, his press secretary, uh, was going to call on a New York Times reporter, and Putin's like, no, 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 let's first talk to the Xinhua uh, Chinese reporter and then New York Times. Like, uh, I thought that was amusing. Uh, and he gave another speech. There was another event as well, but I think it was Russia United or something. But, uh, you know, a lot is going on. I keep hearing reports that Russia and China keep moving uh, closer militarily, um, strategically and, and, and so forth. 
Um, Israel, Palestine, you know, we heard today that the IDF killed um, the three Israelis accidentally, uh, hostages. Things just um, are not looking good on the Israel um, uh, Palestine front. And for more yeah. reports that Hannibal the, the, Doctrine. Yeah, Hannibal Directive, uh, as and also more and more reports that there seems to be maybe a fracturing between Washington and Tel Aviv, where um, Israel is saying we're not doing the two-state solution. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know any, any further thoughts you have on on what's happening in the Middle East. Oh yeah, <clears throat> the Israel thing is really starting to blow up in like the establishment's face. I don't know if you've been paying attention to like how <clears throat> Congress is trying to like bully all these like university like deans and um, administrators into determining if like there's like anti-Semitic discourse on these universities and they're trying to like um, ultimately engage in punitive actions against these universities for basic like it free speech like demonstrations i mean there's probably some nasty stuff being said by some of the pro-palestinian anti-israel types there but like i think that um that shouldn't like be used as a pretext to clamp down on um anti-zionist anti-israel speech whatsoever but yeah it's getting out of hand i think where um you're seeing like more censorship and also like um for the first time in a while, Israel is starting to not look so great, even in the mainstream media. Like, they just can't really hide it anymore. And um, I think that Israel is slowly starting to have a like legitimacy crisis as, as well. And as I've said before, when you look at like it, um, Israel internally, it it's a uh, it's very much a combustible situation where um an increasingly ethno-religious uh, segment of the population becomes more powerful and also a segment of that population also being on the public dole to like the ultra-orthodox um herdeen types um you're gonna have a ton of instability uh within and i could see this type of instability really rock this really state like um like no other event possible like it's not going to be external armies that will defeat israel it may be internally because if you look at the history of a lot of jewish polities and uh forms of government they tend to be destroyed from within not so much from without and we could see a potential scenario where um israel might not even make it to its centennial in 2048 if things continue going like the way they are yeah, and usually it's states, um, empires or states collapse um, because of internal issues and not uh, external. And I, I know you, I, I asked you last time, and I haven't really uh, followed up with uh, the, the stuff going on in South America, but I'm looking at now, this is interesting, um, that following direct talks, Venezuela and Guyana have signed an agreement vowing not to use force in their ongoing dispute over the oil-rich Essequibo region, which Exxon and the U.S., Hope to uh, develop a win for diplomacy over the more war machine for now, says Anya Parampil, uh, Max Blumenthal's uh, partner. And uh, I love some of the multipolaristas. Another guy, Powell Worgen, says the U.S. model for humanity is being rejected everywhere because Guyana and Venezuela have agreed not to use force, which is good news uh, for now. I don't know how they're going to work out this deal over Essequibo. 
I guess uh, time will tell. But diplomacy yeah. is being is being put into uh, action. And, and any uh, quick thought on that? Yeah, the, the um, it's kind of interesting because that territorial dispute um was somewhat of like a a nasty stink bomb that like the British left over after um they got out of uh, Guyana and started um focusing their imperial efforts elsewhere um territorial disputes i think will become a feature of geopolitics from now on because you are seeing that so-called return to history where there's going to be more territorial and ethnic disputes as well we'll see what happens um i think had venezuela been richer like in a much better economic situation i wouldn't be shocked if they would just try to like just flat out buy some of that territory but because it's such dire straits um it can't really do much with the exception of going to war but like i think that that would be like a massive mistake because the country's that country's so bankrupt that it doesn't have like a great uh military either that i think it would be a disaster just waiting to happen and you know i wouldn't put in past the u.s if they do that the u.s to send in troops uh or support proxies to go against venezuela so it's uh they're walking on a fine wire there we're gonna jump to our break people can go to jo is it josbcf.substack.com jose nino unfiltered yes that is correct listen to uh the recent chat he had with uh jeff deist uh formerly of mises uh and daniel mcadams of the ron paul institute i'll be listening to those over the weekend uh we'll be right back with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. In a shocking development that surprised no one, Hunter Biden failed to show up for his congressional deposition today. Moreover, California Representative Eric Swalliswell aided and abetted Hunter thumbing his nose at the Congress by working with Hunter's attorney so Hunter could avoid testifying. Will Hunter be held in contempt of Congress? Well, if so, so what? So was Eric Holder, nothing was done. But you see, when Democrats are in charge and they hold somebody in contempt of Congress, well, their door gets busted down, they get taken out at 5 a.m. with CNN there to broadcast the whole proceedings. The way Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, and Alex Jones were treated. Will Hunter be treated the same way? <laughs> you funny man, of course he won't. But if there's any justice in the world, Santa won't be bringing Hunter another laptop this Christmas. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. This is the Hervoye Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment with Jose Nino, Venezuelan-American based in Texas. He's currently roaming around in uh, Arizona. Uh, attending the Turning Point Conference America Fest, which looks uh, interesting. It starts tomorrow. Whole list of um, 
colorful colorful characters uh, are are there. Rob Schneider, I'm a huge fan of him. The comedian Tucker yeah. Carlson. Uh, I love Rob many Schneider. Others. Yeah, yeah, and you know Ben Carson, just a whole host of, uh, of, of folks. And um, looking uh, inward in 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 the U.S., you know what what's interesting um, for you that's going on. You you cover a, a lot of stuff as well domestically you know uh dick durbin you wrote about yesterday for big league politics calling for illegal aliens to join the military you know maybe get your thoughts as well on the the, the border issue it just it's it's getting worse every day i'm seeing reports i saw a headline today talking about it's just it's just nuts the amount of people flooding in i read that the tsa was not even checking people's illegal uh migrants uh ids which is great like they spend so much time on vetting me a citizen and hey if you're just if you're yeah. not a citizen come on in i mean absolute uh insanity and so uh, yeah and we've got chinese military age single men coming in russians dick durbin you know why don't we just make these russians and chinese young men um soldiers in the american military so they can then learn how we operate send um send off military secrets back to moscow and and, and beijing you know, <laughs> very logical but your your thoughts on this and and other issues um in the homeland i mean yeah the the military the illegal immigration military thing this is actually not a new idea for people that were around during the first years of the war on terror um max boot if i am not mistaken was advocating for illegal aliens or immigrants with very sketchy citizenship status to residency status let's say who um be able to receive like expedited pathways to citizenship if they served in the military that's something he called for and now it's starting to become a mainstream talking point within the democratic party this is like roman empire 2.0 it's like whenever the romans started to invite the barbarians to join um the military and assume positions there within their um military structures that eventually led that was one of the f factors that led to the downfall of rome once those barbarians began to accumulate their own power bases and um, grow more influential within roman society and yeah like th that stuff is clearly like a sign of civilizational decline and it's only going to get worse as the U.S. struggles to recruit people into the military because let's say the U.S. is so obese and it's also um, it's the wokeification of the U.S. military has made it less attractive for people to join. Most people don't want to join an institution that's become that degenerate and corrupt, especially for people in the South or Middle America, which is largely the the base of uh, the primary base of the recruitment base of the military to fill its ranks for decades on end yeah and you know an, a, another issue that that is key on my mind when it comes to the U.S. you know Mother Jones just published this article I just read the headline earlier where it says we're in an epidemic of right-wing terror won't someone tell the press they of course say uh, mention January six which which was a false flag operation it was not right-wing terror then they say things like right-wing political violence accounted for more than 90 percent of all attacks or plots in the first half of 2020 
And it's like, I, I'm sure, you know, of course, they're, they're going to reference the Michigan event with Whitmer, which now we know that was an FBI plot. That was not right-wing American citizens plot. That was an FBI false flag inside job plot. I've interviewed Trevor Aronson, who wrote The Terror Factory, and he looked at the official data from 9-11, he says, and he's a left-winger. He's a leftist progressive, Trevor Aronson. Uh, and he says that all of the domestic terror events since 9-11 were FBI informants or FBI agents. He even went to the FBI and said, look, this is what the data says. They didn't respond to him because the, because <laughs> it was right. And now you've got the media trying to gin this stuff up. And you know, Vivek Ramaswamy, I think the other day in a CNN town hall, was calling this out. He was saying um, J6 was a government false flag, basically, and the CNN reporter was trying to shut him up. And for me, I think it's important that we need to get this out there that people are talking about how the government is carrying out state terror. There's no right-wing terror. It's the government. And this needs to become a commonplace talking point. But the system's trying to, um, you know, not put this out there. Any thoughts on this? Oh, yes. I think that it's very important that the, the dissident space uh, take control of the narrative with respect to January 6th because there was nothing about it that was an insurrection or any of that. It was a mostly peaceful protest, actually. And there were definitely nefarious, very likely government actors there that were riling people up and trying to create a whole issue there. And most of it is just simply like their their whole goal is to create a pretext to shut down free speech and other demonstration that comes from from the anti-establishment media and other activists. So it is of the utmost importance to reject this whole narrative of right-wing extremism and all this other nonsense, because that's just done to like gaslight people and create an environment of perpetual fear and really to justify a massive power grab against the people. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who writes this 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 stuff at uh, Mother Jones and garbage outlets like that. I mean, do they just have an... AI, it says, while the media depicted the Tea Party as non-ideological, as one headline read, uh, look to your left, look to your right, everyone is a Tea Partier, it was in reality a classic reactionary formation that viscerally hated all forms of liberalism. I'm like, Tea Party, are you, <laughs> are you serious? And then they go against, you know, uh, John Birchers and Ron Paul, um, uh, just these people live in an alternate bizarro yeah the usual suspects reality um uh just so far removed from a reality and we've got a couple minutes left you know what else is um interesting and you know today it was reported rudy giuliani is ordered to pay nearly 150 million dollars and i think that's part of this this whole uh uh, agenda for defaming election workers but uh you know any other thoughts as to what's what's happening um in the world it's being reported china pushed to internationalize the yuan um is working uh and so the rest of the world seems to be moving number of u.s homeless people hit record level this year that's not a good sign is it jose oh no no it's not actually in phoenix um the amount of homeless people I've seen here has been very alarming, um, especially where uh, close to where I'm living. When I just go to the gas station, uh, you're just constantly being like poked and prodded by homeless people. And even like I really didn't see that, but uh, like uh, that many people out and about, like even in Austin, because they tend to be more camped out uh, 
in areas and whatnot. Whereas here, the homeless tend to be like just drifting around and going into stores and all this. But, um, and I also experienced a situation to come to think of it in, uh, in Austin a few days ago where there's, there's this 24 hour coffee shop that I go to where I do a lot of work and whatnot. And, a uh, lady had to be like escorted out of there from the by the police. She's like a homeless person that has like routinely like showed up there like after hours, way like way late, like two a.m., three a.m. And that's I think it's starting to become like a occur- uh, regular occurrence now. Um, not just in Austin, but I imagine it in a lot of other cities too, as the economic situation grows more precarious in the U.S. And um, you mentioned the border before. I wanted to touch upon that, like the. The issue of the border is just not going away anytime soon, and it's only getting worse. There's just there's just like more stories now of um, not just like the Biden regime's um, immigration policies that are creating this wave, but you're seeing this whole consortium of NGOs working to bring in as many migrants as possible and release them into the interior. It seems that there is a concerted effort across all sectors of like elite society to try to overwhelm the country with migrants as a way to like guarantee cost streams of cheap labor and also to demographically destroy the historic american nation and i think this is only going to worsen and i think what um when it becomes my theory is that when it becomes clear that biden may not be able to win in 2024 uh I think he's going to probably leave a really nasty party gift in the forms of like a total border collapse. And, I, and I'd even venture to say that they may do a lot of jailbreak stuff to let loose a lot of criminals in the U.S. Um, and let, let them back on the streets to terrorize people. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I forgot to mention this in the news. Yeah, homeless, uh, U.S. homeless record um, hit this year. And I think the goal is to break down America through the migration, destroy the economic system, record homeless, erase the middle class, inflation, uh, because it's all about convergence. It's all about world government. It always comes down to world government. We need to decrease the West to on with the standards of the global South and the East. So that way we can have our world governments. Um, so in, enjoy the, uh, was it the, the turning points? Um, uh america fest uh the next couple days uh jose and then we'll talk to you next week yeah awesome thanks man all right uh jose nino unfiltered over at substack uh find him on x twitter jose al nino he's got great podcasts most recently with jeff diaz and daniel mcadams i'm signing off steve malzberg is up next don't touch that dial be seeing you